3. If you do not have a copy of God's Word, if you want to raise your hand, one of our ushers will throw one or maybe hand one um, to you. We will be in, in Psalm chapter 96, verses 1 through 3. We, 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 take a, uh, we will be taking a, a pause after this week on our series, our short yet drawn out series on the worshiping church. Um, but we will be in that series this morning. The title of the sermon is A Joyful Noise, so I wonder if you can guess what the topic that I will be preaching on today is. It's preaching. No, it's singing. Because singing, a part of the life of the church, is a crucial aspect. So two weeks ago, we looked at what is worship. I defined worship, that worship is, uh, that Worship in spirit and truth is when we glorify God by God's word being stirred to treasure Jesus more with our whole being. Then last week, the sermon was on what is the church. The church is the community of God's children that gather together with the specific intention of stirring one another up to love and good works. And one of those ways that we stir one another up is through song. In the passage we are looking at today, the author and writer, David, King David, the, the, the king who killed Goliath, writes a psalm or a song about singing. <laughs> So we're looking this morning at a song about singing. We will see in these three verses, two of these verses, which tell us to sing to the Lord three times and what we are to sing about, that we sing to the Lord. Some theologians say that this is a Trinitarian psalm because there is three times in there that it says, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. However, because I'm not quite confident with that, although the Holy Spirit certainly and most likely influenced David to write that three times, I can't say for sure if it is supposed to be that. But what I am confident in, I'm thoroughly confident in, is that David does not leave us with any wiggle room to not sing. He tells us to sing. He doesn't say, I, 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 do you want a really good suggestion? If you want to worship God, well, maybe just sing to the Lord. Or, well, if, if you'd like, maybe sing to the Lord. No, David leaves us with no ifs, ands, or buts. We are to sing to the Lord. Our passage says this, oh, sing to the Lord a new Song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation day from day to day, declare his glory among all the people or among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Let's pray. Father, would you enlighten our hearts to understand 
why David was inspired by your spirit to write a song about singing. Oh, would you please allow us insight and understanding into the Holy One? Would you open up the eyes of our hearts so that way we can be true worshipers, worshiping in spirit and truth, stirring one another to love and good works? Let us experience you here this morning, Father. Let us be true worshipers. Would you encourage, edify, convict, and even rebuke, if need be, your children? And those who have been just going through the motions, would you show them your mercy and your kindness, which leads us to repentance? And those who have totally disregarded what you have done, would you reveal yourself to them and save them this very morning? We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So what I'm about to do this morning is something that I never thought that I would ever do. First, I'm always so amazed that each week I get to preach God's word. I never in a million years thought that I would preach on God's word. But... Never in a million years, if you told me that I would be a preacher preaching through God's Word, did I ever think that I would preach on a subject like singing because growing up, I hated singing with a burning passion. <laughs> I was bad. I mean, you know, I'm not was. I, I am bad. I am not the best singer. And you know what? Gr growing up, it, it just kind of made me not want to sing more because I was literally placed around a bunch of people who could sing incredibly well or play music. I even married into a family who's, who's every, every single person from the father to Sharice can sing well. And I think that's maybe just out of God's humor but, but seriously, growing up, I would listen to my mother sing. She has such a, a beautiful voice. She would, she would go out for the, the community choir around the holidays, and, and we would go and we would watch her. My older brother, when he was, a, I think it was a teenager, I, I remember um, going with my dad and my uncle and my older brother on his birthday to Green Bay to pick up a guitar. And from then on, he, he played the guitar and he was in a, a rock band, then a metal band, and then a, a screamo band, which it sounds exactly like I just said, there's a lot of screaming involved and I've gone to one too many of those. And then my older sister, who has a beautiful voice, she ended up going to a music college to major in singing and songwriting and actually have, have she's written songs for bands that have produced um, them. She ended up graduating with a degree in worship leading and music. These past four years, I got the privilege of, of going and listening to my younger sister who has an amazingly unique voice. I would go to her choir concerts and I felt like Almost after every concert or play, 
somebody would come up to her and say, I'm, I kid you not, it was the strangest thing. I can't wait, Avery, to see what you do with your voice. Maybe you're thinking you're forgetting about your dad. No, I'm not forgetting about my dad either. From about middle school till I graduated high school, every single morning he would grace us with his sweet shower voice. <laughs> sing, sing a song, sing out loud, sing of happy things, not sad. I'm not even sure if that's a, a real song or if anything comes after it. But, but so growing up... I, 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 I hated singing because I was constantly around people who musically were just so superior in talents. I, I, I joke around saying that I was given all of the athletic ability and my siblings were given all of the music ability. On a good day, I could play the cowbell kind of well. <laughs> I hated singing. Even when we moved from the church that we sang only out of hymnals to the contemporary music style that's supposed to attract the, the, young, the young families and the young kids to make it seem like it's awesome because you're at a rock concert. When we moved to that church, although it wasn't like that, it was just a perceived notion, and I remember my dad asking that Sunday night how I liked it, and do you know what I said? I didn't like it because I didn't like the singing. Then I became a Christian. And now songs are kind of starting to stir me a little bit, but I love to make excuses because that's what sin does. So I would use the excuse, well, I'm not good at singing, so I just won't sing. You know, singing is kind of a girly thing, so... I'll leave it to, to the women to, to do that. But you know what? Over time, God softened my heart and stripped that lie that just because I'm not good means I shouldn't sing away from me. You know, you can sing a joyful noise and God still completely and utterly loves it be a terrible singer. Uh, uh, Sharice and I, after we, we pray over Haddon, before we put him down, we sing the, the doxology to him. I, I wonder if you're familiar with it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, a month ago, uh, as we sang that, after we laid Haddon down in his bed, Sharice said, you know, you actually sound pretty good when you try. <laughs> Where that once would have bothered me, I don't care. Because I can make a joyful noise to God and not be a good singer. And so can you. But far too often... Our sin desperately wants us to make excuses to not glorify God. But our passage clearly and plainly tells us this morning that we are to sing to the Lord. See, we, we make excuses like, I, I hate my voice, so I'm just not going to sing. I'm, I'm not a good singer, 
Singing isn't manly. Or the, the very childlike but yet very truthful one. I just, don't, I just don't want to sing. You just can't make me. But because we are told to sing, we should sing to God and we should sing about God. However, before I move on to our text, what I need to do is I need to explain the why we even sing in the first place. Because if I don't explain the why we sing, then who cares about the who do we sing to, what do we sing, and how do we sing? Because at that point, it's just me telling you to do something for the sake of just doing it, and I just don't want to do that because I would just be wasting my time. So why do we sing to God? Well, the first why is because God himself sings. Did you guys know that? I mean, that's pretty incredible. Zephaniah 3.17 says that God sang loudly over his people. In Matthew 26, verse 30, as Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples, they are singing hymns. <laughs> and as I was studying this passage, I was amazed by this. In Matthew 27, verse 46, as we see the most gruesome thing going on in history, as Jesus is bleeding out and he is suffocating to death, he starts to sing Psalm 22 while he is suffering and in agony. So the first why is because God himself sings, but the second why is because we are commanded to. Fifty explicit times in Scripture we are told to sing. Two of those times we are told how to sing in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Did you know that the, the biggest book in the Bible is a compilation of 150 chapters that are dedicated to songs? God cares about singing and he cares about his people singing. And the last why is because we sing to remember. You know, for whatever reason, God uses singing and melodies to help people remember better. We teach kids to sing the alphabet. I was able to pass my Greek and Hebrew um, alphabet because we were taught to sing it. Fast food restaurants use singing to help us remember. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. We are forgetful people that far too often forget to remember the God of this universe. And so he has and uses singing. He has us sing and uses singing to help us remember what he has done. He tells Moses to write down a song in Deuteronomy 31, 21. He, he tells Moses, write down a song for because when many evils and troubles come upon them, my people, this song that you will write down shall comfort them. We sing to remember the promises of God. So we sing because God himself sings. We sing because we are commanded and we sing to remember God when we are in the midst of trials 
and tribulations. So this is the why we, we sing. So let's look at now the, the who and what we sing about. We come to our passage and, and we are told right away to sing to the Lord. However, as we keep reading, we sing two other times to sing to the Lord. So three times in two verses, we are told to sing to the Lord. And as I've said this before, when we see a grouping of three, we, we need to realize that there is something that is trying, uh, that, that the author is trying to get across to us. There's a weight and emphasis that is behind what is being said, right? We are told that God is not just holy, but he is holy, holy, holy. And we are told in our passage this morning to sing, sing, sing to the Lord, Lord, Lord. We are told to sing to God Almighty Himself. And so this may seem like a simple and basic and very plain thing to start off with. But this is the most important thing about singing as a Christian. Because if we do not realize who we are singing to, then why bother singing at all? You see, far too often we compromise singing to God and about God to sing to and about ourselves. Oh, I am awesome God. Yes, I am. Because you have made me so awesome, I defeat my sin and conquer it because you, God, have made me awesome. Right? It, it sounds incredibly silly, doesn't it? But this happens far too often because we forget who we are singing to. And then when, we, when we're able to put catchy music behind it, we're willing to sacrifice vagueness and repetitiveness to sing to ourselves instead of singing to God. So these are the questions that we need to ask. Who are we singing to? Do the songs we sing have to do more with us than God? Do the songs we sing let God just kind of tag, tag along? Do the songs we sing properly portray who God is? Far too often, we don't even ask the basic question we assume, which leads us to not sing to God. Which means we're singing to something else other than God, which is idolatry. Which means we're singing and making something else more important than God. So we have to have a vertical singing. We have to sing upwards to God. 
It starts right here. It may seem so basic and simple. But sometimes, because we are so forgetful, we don't even ask the simple and basic questions. So we sing to God. But it just doesn't stop there. Because we sing to God, what do we sing about Him? Well, our passage tells us. Our our singing is to be to God. And our passage tells us that we sing of His glory. Well, sorry, back up, his salvation. I hope you caught that. His salvation. We we sing of his salvation. Maybe a little simpler. We sing about how God has saved us, his people. This is a common way that the people of God sung throughout history. We can look all the way back to when God freed Israel from being captives to Egypt. As soon as, Egypt, as, soon as Israel crossed the Red Sea and was over and was looking at, at the dead bodies in, in the sea, what did they start singing? They started singing, God, you, you saved us from being captives and slaves to Egypt. And so what do we sing about now? We once were slaves and captives to sin and death. And so we sing of his salvation. We sing that God created all things perfect and true. But that man rebelled against God. Causing sin to enter this world and and separation from God himself to be caused. We sing that because of that, God's righteous judgment and wrath was set on mankind for that reason. But that God promised He would send His Son to atone for our sins. He sent His Son, Jesus, to live a perfect life. Taking on the sins of the world. Dying a gruesome and bloody death. Raising three days later, defeating sin and death, ascending to the Father's right hand. And he now sits there, reigning victoriously. And for those who repent of their sins and believe in their heart what Jesus has done for them, can have this salvation. Can have the free gifts of eternal life. If you are feeling the stirring in your mind and heart and you are not a believer of what Jesus has done for you, saving you from sin and death, there is no better day than this morning to pray and repent of your sins and ask for forgiveness. Today is the day of salvation. It's the gospel that has the power to save. It's the gospel that freed us from slavery to sin. And so we sing of that great salvation. But we not only sing of his salvation. Our passage tells us that we sing of his glory. 
Did you catch that one too? I don't want us to miss this because this is so crucial. We sing of his glory. It is his glory that we sing of. Why? Because he has all glory. He has total and supreme glory. He does not lack one ounce of glory. He's magnificent and almighty, all-powerful. He knows all things, is present in all situations, does not forget one thing, but remembers all. Which should cause us to tremble, but comfort us. As we experience trials of various kinds, we know that he remembers and sees us because he possesses all glory. So we sing of his glory. But wait, there's more. We just don't sing of his salvation or his glory. We are told in our passage that we also need to sing of his marvelous works. Right, Because if he has the power and the authority to save, if he possesses all glory over everything, does not lack one ounce, then we should sing of his great and marvelous works as well. He is the one who hung all of the stars in the sky and knows them by their name. He's the one who created the highest and tallest mountain and he created the deepest trench. He's created valleys and oceans and rivers. He's created the most complex atom. He's created you and I. And that breath that you just took was upheld by his work. And the one that you took after that, seeing if you could sneak one from God, was also upheld by his work. And so we sing of his work. I can't help but, but look at Haddon and just think God did that. He knit him in Sharice's womb. And so our, our singing is upward to God, but our singing is also outward because our passage tells us that we sing so that all the nations can hear. We sing so that all the people can hear, right? Is that not what our passage? Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the people. So our singing is upward, but it's outward. It's evangelistically. It's also supposed to encourage us. As I hear my brothers and sisters singing the marvelous truths and works and salvation and glory of God, I can be encouraged. Let me illustrate it this way. It's as if a mighty king came up to me and said, Max, I want you to write a song about me. I want you to write a song about me, Max, that that displays my greatness. It displays how big I am, how marvelous I am. It displays my my works and my glory. It displays how, how lovely and merciful I am. All of the people in our kingdom will sing of this song and all of the nations and other people that do not belong to this kingdom will hear it 
and marvel at my works and my love and my mercy. And so I say, all right, king. I've never done this before, but I'm up for the task. And he comes up to me a couple of weeks later and says, all right, Max, what do you have? Not yet, king, not yet. I need a little more time. So another couple of weeks go by, and what do you have for me, Max? King, I just need just a little more time. Give me two more weeks, and I'll have something for you. And so two weeks pass, and and I go up to the king, and I say, okay, king, after a lot of time of of thinking about this, I wanted to to deeply and appropriately display who you are among the, the nations so that everyone would marvel at who you are. This is what I have for you. You are a good, good king. And the king looks at me and, well, yeah, okay, it's true. Um, but wait, king, I, you, didn't re, you didn't let me finish the rest of it. It's who you are. Well, okay, Max, I, thank you. But how does this display my... My glory, my works, my my salvation. This This is true. But I feel like it's it's not the the full truth. It's not explaining all of who I am. Now please don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to take any shots at any song. I, I believe that we need to beat it into our heads with repetitiveness. But far too often, do we not rely on catchy music and emotionalism and are willing to sacrifice substance and truth? Our songs should be, sing, should be sung to God and we should be singing about his salvation, his glory, and his good works. Our songs need to have substance and truth along with great tunes. So we need to ask the questions. What do we sing about our Lord? Do we sing of his salvation? Or do we try to sneak our own doing into it? Do we sing of his glory? Or do we try to sneak our own glory into it? Do we sing of his works? Or do we try to sneak our own works into it? Do we actually sing songs that are of substance and truth? Or do we make God to look boring? You know, this, this... I, I don't want to sing boring songs that are repetitive and vague. And quite frankly, my soul doesn't need that. This past week, I've had a cold. My throat has hurt, which means I've been a little shorter with Sharice than usual. And also means that Haddon seems to be louder than normal. 
And he's starting to, to walk, and so it seems like he's quicker than normal. And our dog just won't go to the bathroom right away and come in. And I can't just leave her out there because if I leave her out there, then she's not going to go to the bathroom. She's going to run up to the patio door and just bark and be annoying. And so I need to be, remem- I mean, I need to be reminded what God has done for me. Oh, the beautiful song that will be sung at my funeral. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty sins. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there I stand, more vile than he, washed all my sins away. And when this poor lisping, stammering tongue lies silently in the grave, Then, in a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save. When I am tempted to despair, when sin has a grasp on my heart, and I sin against my wife or my neighbor or my son, And I believe that I'm just no good. Why, God? I can barely hold myself up. The song, He Will Hold Me Fast, comes into my mind. When I fear my faith will fail, He will hold me fast. When I'm tempted to despair, He will hold me fast. I could never keep my own. He will hold me fast. We need church to sing songs that encourage and lift our souls, that are evangelistic to the nations, that people would listen and be in awe and want to know who this God is that we serve. So I'd like to conclude quickly looking at how we can sing. So the great philosopher of our day on singing, Buddy, Buddy the Elf, he says that singing, it's like talking except longer and louder and you move your voice up and down. And so here, we will sing longer and louder and move our voices up and down, but we will be singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So I've I've created a a list of 50 songs that we will be introducing over a long period of time, and and I'm going to get those who are members and and attendees of this church that list. And I also have created a, a Spotify playlist for that too. And I need to admit, as I was studying for this passage, I was convicted. Because I want to be as biblically rooted as possible. And I started realizing, you know, we have no psalms. I, I've put no psalms on that list. And yet here, God's word tells me to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And so that's what we'll do is we'll sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. 
about his salvation, his glory, his good works. Our songs will be based on the truths of God according to his word so that our spirit would be stirred to love and good works. So that our spirit would be stirred to deeper affections for Jesus. So that we would treasure Jesus with our whole entire being. You don't have to be a good singer to make a joyful noise. You just need to be obedient. When you're walking on cloud nine, sing. When you're in the desert of despair and you can't see any water or life for miles, sing. We must sing to be happy. We must sing to be better sufferers. We must sing to our great and mighty King. So what I'd like to do, is if you're familiar with the doxology, I'd like to sing that with you. And then I'm going to pray and, and we're going to sing one last song. So if you would, wouldn't mind standing, and if you don't know the doxology, then just listen to it. Meditate on the words and ask yourself, what does this mean for me? So I'll try to lead us and maybe fade out. <clears throat> Praise God from whom all bless. that you allow us to come before you and sing. So please allow us to be better singers, not, not because it's, it's a work that you see pleasure in, but that we can come before you and make a joyful noise in remembering your truths, remembering that it was your son, Jesus, who died for our sins, that he deserves all glory and it is through his works that, that you don't see sin in your children anymore, but you see complete and utter righteousness. And so, Father, please stir us to sing loudly, to sing a joyful noise to you and to the nations and all the people. Amen.